F1 returns to damp Montreal for the first time since 2019. And while it was Max Verstappen who was, <laughs> and while it was Max Verstappen who was the one passing the waves, it was Fernando Alonso who made the biggest splash. Welcome to two, episode 206 of the Grid Talk podcast. My name is Louis Edwards, and today we are going to be reviewing qualifying for the 2022 Canadian Grand Prix. Joining me today, we have Tom Downey from the Everything F1 podcast. Hello. Jared Jacob from the Hit the Apex podcast. Hey, guys. And Philip Matthew from the Grid Strip podcast. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> but first, before we start, if you do enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on iTunes. And if you do, you'll automatically go in to our monthly draw to win a Grid Talk t-shirt from our championship range of merch. And if you're one of the 69% of people who aren't yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. So... Before um, we get into the uh, the qualifying today, of course, a couple of big news points came out today, uh, mostly concerning around Pierre Gasly. So, Tom, Pierre Gasly signed on for another year at AlphaTauri, and I think it's fair to say, not just for people on our podcast, but general fans in you know F1 fans in general think that maybe it's time Pierre left AlphaTauri, not actually signed another year. Yeah. Um, is it actually, has there been an official press release saying that he has signed? Because uh, I, 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 the reason I say that is I heard that Franz Toss said it's 100% confirmed that Gazi is going to race for AlphaTauri next year. But also Perez 100% had a contract for Racing Point in 2021. So, you know, um, you know, uh, you know presu- presuming he does stay on and presuming the rumours are, and, you know, what, what Toss said is true. I mean, why would he lie about it? Um, yeah, um, I think for, for Gasly, I think now that he knows that that Red Bull second seat is shut until at least the end of 2024, you know, it, it, unless Perez does something, you know, you know, you know, unless he gets a drop from his seat, which let's be fair, it's not like Red Bull to not do that. Um, I mean, I don't see why they were doing it at the minute off pre off sort of current form and results, but um. Uh, yeah, uh, I think for, for Gasly, it's a case of just get his immediate future secured because everybody sees what he what he can do in that car. He's very well bedded into that team. You know, they they all, they all like him. You know, he, you know he gets on very well with the mechanics and his race engineer, all the rest of it. It's it's a happy environment for him. I wonder if he's almost sort of just sort of just thinking about the short term, is in just stay in F one because he doesn't want to risk having maybe two years out or something, or even if it's a year out, you know, that could be very costly. Um, so maybe he's just sort of thinking about his, his initial future. And then if a seat comes up somewhere else, well, contracts can always be broken. They can always be bought out. They can always be paid off. Um, you know, so if if a seat was to come up at, say, oh, I don't know, McLaren or Mercedes, uh, yeah, I think realistically, out of the teams who, who you'd consider above um, Alpha Tari, those are probably the two that, that would come up. You can even call McLaren above them at the minute. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think just just because it's just because he is set to race there for another year, you, you know, it, it, we don't know how long this supposed contract is. It's, I would imagine it's just a year's contract. So come sort of nine, ten months' time. When the F1 merry-go-round is in is in full swing before the start of, of the 2023 season, he'll be looking around for, you know, for what could arguably be called a better seat. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point um, about the the sort the short term because Jared, there is quite a lot of uncertainty around some teams. We look at Aston Martin, we look at McLaren. There are there are teams out there which Pierre Gasly could go to, but. At the moment, we have no idea. We don't know what Sebastian Vettel's going to do. We don't know what the situation with McLaren with Daniel Ricciardo is right now. Is it just best for him to, you know, save that seat out for Tari? It's a team which is, you know, it's solid enough. It keeps him in a drive and then explore options later on. Yeah, look, age-wise, he's still got that on his side where he could um, 
survive another season at Alpha Tauri. Like, ideally, it's not the best thing, but like you say, it depends on what's going on around him at the moment. Obviously, a few races ago, the situation with Ricardo and McLaren seemed pretty tense. And then after points in Baku, it seemed to have calmed down to the point where uh, Ricardo during the week or Zach Brown, I think it was, said that um, they both sat down and had dinner together and everything. And, you know, obviously he's got a contract or he's still got a year left on his contract with McLaren. Gasly was one of those names that was suggested that if uh, um, Ricardo did leave McLaren, that he would go there potentially. And then also Aston Martin if Sebastian Vettel moves. But I think the next um, month or two heading into the mid-season break is definitely going to be telling as to what happens. So, like, I agree with Tom as well that there's been no, like, official press release or statement from the team uh, validating that he has a new deal for next year. So I think it could very much change. But at the same time, having that security that, you know, he will be there be in the same team he's been with for what feels like a million years now uh, for 2023. It might not be the best seat. Like they've definitely underperformed coming into this new regulation era of AlphaTauri. So um, it's he's definitely a driver that warrants a better drive, but also we saw at Red Bull he couldn't cope. Um, so we kind of have to wait and see if he does move to another team in the future. Can he really spearhead them like uh, we see him at Alpha Tauri? Yeah. And funny, Philip, this this news has kind of coincided with another bit of sort of not fully confirmed news, but uh, in the same press conference that Franz Toss did say about Pierre uh, Gasly, Otmar Sassner has said that it looks like Pierre, uh, not Pierre Gasly, um, Oscar, Oscar Piastri, Piastri will have a drive in 2023. So does. You know that's that's a quite a big, big bit of news. Do you reckon Alpine? Do you reckon Williams, Aston Martin? There could be a few options open for him. Yeah, the Oscar Piastri news going with Pierre Gasly too. Uh, I mean, for Gasly itself, I think he wanted to leave or wanted a better option. Unfortunately, at least next year, that's not going to be the case. So he stayed where he was comfortable. They need a lead dog at the Alpha Tori team because it's questionable what's going to happen with the second seat. So they kept a stable per person there. It's not been their best year for them. They've not had a great car. You know, it's on and off, um, very inconsistent. But at least with Gasly, at least they have somebody who has experience, who has won a Grand Prix, who has been through the wars. In regards to Oscar Piastri, I mean, we've seen the rumors that it's possible that he might be on the grid here in a couple of weeks' time. Um, the notion that Renault will make a, a connection with Williams again, uh, which would in turn open up two more seats for them to go and have drivers since they have plenty of drivers in their academy. Um Considering the guy who qualified on the outside Poland's had a great weekend so far, it makes it very difficult to believe that he's going to be getting replaced, which is one of the places where Gasly would have thought would have been an option. Um, But in regards to Oscar Piastri's future, whether that's at, uh, at Williams, at least initially, or Aston Martin, or, of course, the Alpine team, at least somebody who belongs on the grid is going to get on the grid. And that's the positive thing. We, we're getting to a point now where we're going to have, we're, we're moving towards having people on the grid that actually belong. Um, there's been plenty of news this weekend from certain segments of people that didn't belong on the grid and um, acting like they're really good, even though they're not really good at all. So when it comes to Oscar Piastri has to sit there and kind of take it on the chin, he sat there, he's done his thing. He's been quiet. He's, he's biding his time and he's going to be able to get into a Grand Prix seat. um, If not in the next couple of weeks uh, by next year, 
um, and uh, he'll be out there getting the experience he needs to build up his obvious uh, eventual future of trying to be the first um, or uh, be an Australian world champion, just like Alan Jones uh, back in 1980. Yeah, he is an incredible driver, and uh, uh, I think we're all looking forward to him being on the grid hopefully next year um so tom we'll actually move on to qualifying now and get in uh, onto the um to what actually occurred so max verstappen takes pole i mean realistically no one's going to touch him he was absolutely flying through all three sessions it would have been very surprising if any driver managed to catch him given his biggest rival is also will be starting in the back of the grid this is you know another huge step towards uh Max Verstappen extending that title, uh, well, that championship gap over Leclerc and uh, securing himself, you know, in a very nice position in the championship. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, once we knew that Leclerc wasn't really going to be fighting for Paul, because what's the point in, um, you know, what's the point in him putting sort of undue stress on any other parts of the car or risking binning it and costing the team more? You know, I, I know the position on the grid is one thing, but the financial implication, you know, if he'd have spaffed it in, into the wall or something at, at some point you, you know you know, if he didn't need a new front wing new suspension whatever in a cross gap period you know that's not going to be good enough when it's completely unnecessary risk um, yeah I mean Max is just yeah, yeah I mean any time that it looked like someone was getting even sort of remotely close to him I, you know, I'd look at the timings and it's like okay the track is dried or rubbered in or combination of both was the end of Q2 and then it was just, yeah, Max has gone quickest. Yeah, Max has gone quickest. He was just, yeah, he was, he was just, he was driving like something possessed today. Um, yeah, some really, really, really stellar laps. We know how good he is in the wet, more you know, most of the time anyway. And when he doesn't overdrive it, like he didn't today, he just did what he needed to do. Um, and um, and when and when when, G, when JP said it, you know, was was saying, oh, you, you know, it's, it's not it's not a extraordinary or you know or, or a stellar perfect drive, whatever. It's like. Nah, come on, mate. That was, uh, you, you know, he just looks. That was that was like man and machine at one today. Um, and watching Max just, you know, just just absolutely just just like singing round, you know, just just you know, just sending it just inch perfect, pretty much everywhere. Um, you know, he, we did we didn't even see any sort of you know oversteer or car squirm or, or anything really. You know, obviously we, we weren't watching every single second, so you know, I can't speak for that. But you know, for every every bit of every bit of of his of every single lap he did, but yeah, you know, I mean, he's qualified what six tenths ahead of Alonso, um, and and you know, you know, the, and uh, then the rest of the you know the rest of the field is just you know, he was he, he was a second up on pretty much everyone in Q two alone. It's just like yeah, it's just it, it was a really 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 it was a really mature qualifying from him. Just did what he needed to do, did it exceptionally well. And um and got out. Yeah, this is a brilliant job. But um the big news really, Jared, is the man who's gonna be lined up alongside him um tomorrow, Fernando Alonso. And just to put a bit of context on this, the last time Fernando put it on the front row was a German Grand Prix of twenty twelve, and I was eleven years old. I was eleven years old the last time <laughs> Fernando Alonso was on the front row. And here he is in yeah, Canada. <laughs> Did a remarkable job. That Alpine looked very, very quick in the work. It did. And like the last time he was on the front row in 2012 was in similar conditions too at the German Grand Prix. I remember it very well. Um, and it's actually good to see him actually qualify there this year because we've seen glimpses of him um, and Alpine in general just have that pace and flashes of brilliance um, throughout the season, especially in qualifying. And it was Australia, wasn't it, where everyone was thinking he would have put it on pole before he binned it. So good for um, the fountain of youth to kind of validate that position. Uh, will he send it <laughs> um, on Max tomorrow remains to be seen. I think he's got nothing to lose in terms of um, where they are at the moment, but uh, a solid haul of points, I think, on the table for Alpine. It's a track that offers a lot of overtaking, so I'm not sure uh, in the context of things like Leclerc and um, Perez who are out of position where they're going to end up, but 
we know how well Alonso can race and, you know, qualifying was never his strong suit, um, even in his glory days. But yeah, just seeing him up there, I think everyone liked that. <laughs> no, it was, it was great. There's a Fernando Alonso fanboy. Obviously I was screaming. I was so happy <laughs> to see Fernando. And honestly, we could see the greatest Fernando Alonso train tomorrow. If he sends up the inside of the mags, <laughs> yeah. it, it could truly be an absolute masterclass. Um, Philip P3, Carlos Sainz, um, a solid job, considering he was really the only Friday that's going to be in the contention uh, for tomorrow. But is he going to be slightly disappointed that he's not in the front row? Because he's the only Friday that really could take the fight to Max tomorrow. And now he's got a, an Alpine in front of him. If he doesn't clear Fernando quickly, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough job. We know what Fernando is like. Yeah, it's something that when we look at what Carlos has done at times this year, he's been wildly inconsistent relative to what he's done in previous years. So yeah, he wanted that front row start, gets a third place start. Who knows? Maybe there's something that happens on the front row. Maybe he can get a decent one. If he goes and has to be behind Fernando Alonso, if it's anything like Monaco, which I mean, the difference is on this track, it's you can actually pass. Um, He might be able to get by, but at that point, Max will be gone. Uh, maximizing points for the constructors, trying to put yourself in a position to finish P2 is really what, for Carlos, that's what he has to do. I mean, because they're worried about reliability. They're worried about all kinds of things there. Um, Leclerc, of course, is going to have all kinds of power units um components that are brand new coming from tailback so his job is to go and kind of hold fort understanding that max likely goes and gets this win now if he gets a great start and gets ahead of max or stopping that that opens up a whole bunch of stuff or if fernando alonso sends it and makes it really cool, then 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 we actually have a real Grand Prix tomorrow. Uh, but it's something we'll find out. I think Carlos Sainz is just trying to go and get points, which has been an issue for him at times this year. It certainly has been, and hopefully our luck will favor his side, because otherwise Ferrari could be in real trouble again for the constructors. Um, Tom, P4, Lewis Hamilton, and... He is. A, he's truly the king of Montreal. Uh, he's, you know, had so many poles here, so he wins here. And P4 in that Mercedes, I think he'll be very happy with that. I think it's a, it's a good position. And if the Alpine's pace isn't great tomorrow, and as, you know, we've rightly mentioned already, that this is a track that it can overtake, you know, a podium is definitely not off the question, uh, yeah, off, the, off the cards for Lewis Hamilton tomorrow. Yeah, um, it could be. Uh, I'm. I've got to be honest. I think the Alpine is going to have more than enough pace um, to, you know, to stay ahead of him. And if I was, if I was Lewis, I'd maybe be looking over my shoulder a bit at, um, at maybe one of the Haas coming through, because um, that Merck. I don't know about his race pace. I know Merck have obviously had a lot of work this weekend on on the issues around porpoising. Um, and that's you know that's a whole different discussion in, in itself, which I'm not going to get into. Um, but uh, yeah, I do I do wonder about Hamilton's race pace. Uh, obviously, in terms of what he's capable of, we all know what he's capable of. And yeah, you know, I did roll my eyes when he said King Montreal, but he really is. To be fair, um, you know, I'm sure he was here in 2019 that he broke Senna's pole record, um, or it might have been 2018. I can't remember, but I remember him getting presented with the Senna helmet in, in the case. Um, yeah, no, um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, in, you know, and I think if Hamilton had a car that wasn't porpoising and causing him as much discomfort as, as it is, I'd be backing him more to you know, get his elbows out, probably squeeze signs out the way and, and get, and, um, you know, get a, get a podium. Um, at one stage, I did, I, I did think, oh my God, is it going to be Lewis and Max on the front row again? You know, 2021 flashbacks intensify, but, uh, but no, we, we, we were, we weren't quite there. Um, I don't, the Merck is ever going to be that high. Um, but no, it, it, it was a good lap. And, you know, he's, you know, he set himself up well for tomorrow. 
whether he can hold the, the race pace or whether he'll fall back and whether he has to back off a bit due to porpoising. Um, we will see. Yeah, we will have to uh, we'll have to see. But uh, it does look like the Mercedes has, you know, been better with the porpoising. I think it's just the bumpy nature of the, the Canada track, which is still, you know, causing those those quite big leaps that we have seen, especially through the free practice. Um, Jad, I'll come to you for both houses, considering they're going to be lined up alongside each other uh, tomorrow. P5 for Kevin Magnussen, very impressive. And P6 for Mick Schumacher. I'm going to ask you the million-dollar question here, Jad. <laughs> Is he going to get his first points tomorrow? Oh, well, he has to, doesn't he? And I certainly hope that he does. They definitely turned it on in the wet qualifying and it's nice to see that Mick had the confidence in these conditions and also given the speculation and the talk about him uh, over the last few races, his inconsistency as well. So to be able to put in a um, stellar performance this weekend, so he's done half of that obviously with qualifying, but if he can just, you know, nail it together in the race and score points, even if he loses a couple of positions, if points are points, and that's what he really needs at the moment, and that'll be his first points in F1. Is um is his first Q3 appearance as well, or his certainly his best qualifying result um, today. Magnussen as well, yeah, you know, gets the most out of the car all the time, and to be fifth and sixth, that's, you know, like 20... 2018 or 2017 level Haas performance. So good to see that. Um, but whether they'll stay up there, who knows? I mean, their race pace, I'm not sure if it's on par with those other midfield teams at the moment, or certainly they're probably uh, on the lower end of that spectrum. But um, certainly they've delivered the goods in qualifying and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. We know how feisty Kevin is anyway, so he's not going to let anyone through in a hurry. I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, giving Hamilton the old hip and shoulder on the first couple of laps and we'll see how uh, Lewis manages with the bouncing issues he's had. But um, really good to see. And I, I lit up, my face lit up when I saw purple sectors from Mick Schumacher to get into Q3 and then also in Q3 he was on a good lap um, and then eventually came down to finish six. So, yeah, the great equaliser these conditions are and it's good to see these names come forward. Yeah, I was definitely happy and I think a lot of people are going to be keeping their fingers crossed for tomorrow for me. In the dry conditions, how quick is that house going to be? We don't really know, but the opportunity's there. He's got to, he's got to go and take it. Um, Philip P7 Esteban Ocon. Uh, you know, I don't think there's all that much you can really complain about Ocon's performance. He got it in the top 10, clearly, just wasn't as fast as his teammate today, but otherwise, a solid job. And it, you know, if he does well tomorrow, it's points for Alpine. And they're in their own battle, essentially. I mean, uh, McLaren and Alpine, I think, are they have their battle. Mercedes is kind of in the woods uh, and then you have the top two. So for Ocon, he hasn't had anywhere near the pace of what Alonso has had this weekend, but if you can get a finish, you're likely going to finish in the points. Yeah. You're going to have Leclerc and you're going to have Perez coming, but if you do what you're supposed to do and just, and keep it out of the wall points finish for him you see what fred does likely it'll be a double points performance for them and that hasn't happened very often this year for a lot of the year fernando's had bad luck and ocon's been able to kind of pick up the pieces it's the roles are reversed here alonzo's in a position to make something happen but in the case of ocon just consolidate and you know we'll see what happens after that um i think for alpine they're looking more towards the british grand prix and the french grand prix here in a couple weeks time to where they may be able to do some further um, upgrades and progressions up the grid but for ocon good enough did what he had to do go and hold up the fort while Alonso tries to battle up on the top end. Mm, yeah, it was it was very solid. Um and 
Tom, he is ahead of George Russell, who uh, made the bold, I think very bold decision to go out on slick tyres. There was a dry line in some parts of the track, but you look at just turn one and two. It was still so wet. There were so many puddles and we saw it then go, you know, colliding off into the barrier. You know, do you think he would have been further up had he stayed on the Inters? If he stayed on, on Inters, absolutely. Yeah, I think we'd, I think if his smoke, we'd have seen him P4 in our Hamiltons. Um, but alas, no, it was a, it was, it was not to be for him. Um, you know, he, uh, he, he gave it a good go, you know, it, his, his decision to, to, to go to, to go to slick tires. Well, you know, that was bolder than the slick tire. And, um, and yeah, it was just, it, it was just never going to work out. You know, as, as soon as he was sort of tiptoeing sorry my cat is rubbing against my leg and i'm going to kick out the bloody window um you know as, as soon as um you know as, as soon as as soon as i saw him come out on on sauce and 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 you, you just saw him tiptoeing around on on that lap as soon as he started that lap you could see how it was squirming down that main straight as soon as he entered turn one the spray that came off those soft tires that looked like a lap that someone would do where, where, where they're saying we need to box for inters. Um, I know there was a dry line forming, but there was too much standing water left on the circuit. And also the tyres just weren't warm enough, couldn't get the heat into them because the track was so damp. So, you know, yada, yada, yada. Just didn't quite work out for him. Um, ultimately, it wasn't too bad a damage for him. You know, P8, not, not horrendous, not a true representation of him, especially this season. Um, and I have no doubt he'll end up in the in the top five tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, he's got a perfect record so far, and there's, there's definitely space to go forward for George Russell. Um, then P9, Jared for, for Daniel Ricciardo, top 10. Um, it'd be happy that, it, you know, he's... He's above, he's above Norris into that top 10. There is a chance for points um, tomorrow. You get another you know, set of points after Baku. Um, but, yeah, the McLaren seems there or thereabouts this weekend. It didn't look particularly great in those wet conditions. Both Ricardo and Norris weren't, weren't exactly setting the lap times a lot. Yeah, well, overall, it was good to see Dan a lot more happier over the weekend, like on Friday in particular. So that might be encouraging in those dry conditions tomorrow. Um, he seems to have got, you know, a better setup at the moment for this track to his teammates. So we'll see. I mean, that's the thing. He got points in Baku, um, not a lot of points, but points is points given his predicament. Um, will he move forward tomorrow? I certainly hope so. Uh, he certainly knows how to deliver at this track in particular go back to 2014 his uh, maiden win in f1 came here in the red bull and you know it's all just about that confidence building and you know this is a track where it, it is very monza like and you know we saw him really excel last year at monza when he got that win so um yeah definitely there is the potential to move forwards and i certainly hope he could probably get as far as sixth or, you know, even a top five if he has a good start to the race and everything. But we know he has a tendency to just drop off. And then even in Baku, switched over to the medium tyre, we all thought, wow, he's going to, you know, really have a good second stint and kind of just petered off towards the end of it to the point where his teammate was like, can I just get past so I can have a go at Alonso, um, which didn't end up happening. So, you know, it's a good base for him um, and they'll be more happy, like you said, that the race is going to be dry tomorrow because that car really wasn't working well in the wet. No, I think it's, it's good to see Daniel uh, doing better. Yeah, I think I think a lot of McLaren fans will be hopeful that the car in the in the dry conditions will have to be to push forward. Um, Philip, we'll come to you about both Alfa Romeo's as they're sat next to each other. Uh, Zhou Guanyu, brilliant lap in Q2 to get himself into Q3, um, starting in the top 10, and then Valtteri Bottas in P11. You know, Chokwan Yu seemed to have hit a bit of a purple patch. You know, he had a great race. In, well, he was having a great race in Baku before his uh, his Ferrari engine did a Ferrari engine. Yeah. But, you know, we've got a, you know, he's in the top 10. Another good shout at points um, to get his um, first points, I believe. I don't think he's got points. 
I may have to be credited on that one. I think um, the first race at Bahrain, uh, he got a point. Um, uh, Botas finished sixth or something in that race. And that might be his only points. That we might have to correct. I think that was. I will quickly check. Should I go on you? Get one point. And that came. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, okay then. So then there's a chance for another set of points. You know, he has had a sort of string of bad luck and this car hasn't been exactly cooperating with him. So if things can stay tomorrow, uh, good for him tomorrow, then yeah, another chance for points. Yeah, absolutely, Louis. I'm, I mean, you look at what uh, Valtteri Botas didn't even get much time of any in, in P2 yesterday. Um, it's been quite an interesting run for them in regards to that side of the um, garage. Um, Joe, for what certain segments of the fan base want to say about him, he's done what he has to do. You know, relatively speaking, he's kept it clean. Yes, he's had his mistakes, but he's kept it clean. He's held his up his end of the bargain. And to be fair to him, he's still learning. This is a new circuit for him. Never been here before. To get a Q3 appearance in these conditions speaks a lot to um, his ability and his talent. And beating your teammate who has way more experience and has done great things in this sport too. So the way that things started for the alpha Sauber team at the start of the weekend, I didn't there. You theoretically wouldn't have thought that Q3 or being right on the edge of Q3 in the case of Botas was there, but in the end you go and get a 10th and 11th see what happens in regards to the race and dry conditions, knowing that you have two really fast cars behind you. Um, you know, I'm trying to make something happen. Who knows? Maybe a safety car happens. You go and do some alternate strategies and maybe you get a couple points out of it. Uh, this car and this team seems to be much better, but it's always, it's seemingly um, track specific. Um which I think for a lot of the mid and lower midfield teams, that's the case. You're going to have certain tracks where you're going to be really, really good um, and others where you're not going to be able to contend. So we'll see what happens with the Alfa Romeo team here tomorrow. Yeah, I think that sort of comes uh, hand in hand with the new regulations. You know, when you build a car, it's going to work for some tracks. It's not going to work for all of them. It takes until you've gone to all the tracks to really get a full understanding of, of the car. And yeah, for Alfa Romeo, they did a good job. Um, Tom, P12, Alex Albon had a little excursion into the wall in Q2, um, managed to, unlike, you know, unlike other drivers, get his car out of the wall. Um, but P12, which is definitely not awful for the Williams, given uh, just how pitiful it tends to be in qualifying and in the race in general this season. Um, but yeah, is there opportunities for him to go forward? We've seen him... <laughs> certainly come back from worse places yeah um as a, aside from his little venture into the wall i actually thought it was quite a good qualifying for Alban. um you know, you know I, I don't think he meant to mount the barriers where he did but um i think we can call that canadian corner from now on because i know stroll had a venture off there i think 2017 or 2018 with brendan hartley as well um yeah it was uh yeah he, he um yeah, he, he was close to Q3. I don't think he was ever quite going to get there because, like you said, the Williams isn't great in quality. Um, if he gets a bit of luck tomorrow, you know, you know, if you know, if, if perhaps he gets a good launch while some of us get a not so good launch, we might see him move up into the points. Um, if the track dries out, I would imagine the Williams will fall backwards a bit. Um, but um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it was it was a good showing from him today. He is out driving and outperforming that car, and indeed his teammate. Um, and, and, you know, he's been on the cusp of Q3 a few times. He's obviously scored points at least twice this season, I believe. Um, I'm fairly certain he's three times this season, but I may well be wrong, and I'm sure sure the internet will tell me. Um, so, um, yeah, but it, 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 it was a good performance from, from him today. The prang into the, prang into the wall, uh, much like the other offs that we saw today, you know, he just didn't 
quite fire his tires up and he locked he locked going into I was it was it turn five, turn six? I'm not quite sure which one that is. Um because turn four is the chicane where Perez obviously went off. So I think it I think it is turn five coming coming down towards that hill. Um well I say hills, you know. I I think anyway, point is that corner. We saw him going in, he just snatched at the brakes a bit and it just, you know, you know, you, you as soon as he saw the tire lock, he was a, a he was a passenger at that point. But he managed to decelerate the car enough that he only gave the call, uh, sorry, gave the wall, you know, uh, instead of taking his wing off, he just gave it a little smooch. So it was, um, yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, it, it was good, good drive from him today. It'd be interesting to see what he can do tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of the, the corners in Canada because I forget a turn one, it's just that sort of kink. And it then goes on from there. I think it went, I think that's maybe like turn seven or something, like even <laughs> from where um said it. But um no, it's uh, two two previous points uh, places, I believe, because you got two points in one race and then a tenth in another. I could also be corrected on that. Um but we'll swiftly move on before uh, I sit here and think about Alexander's points too much. Um to Sergio Perez, Jared, and I think it's dis- I thought you can really describe it as disappointing. You know, he really did not look like he was going to make that corner. I think he should have maybe done what Carlos Sainz did and maybe bailed it down the escape road. But he, he hung in there, and unfortunately, then his front wing then hung into the barrier, and he couldn't get out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's going to be disappointing for Red Bull, uh, considering that they knew that Leclerc is going to be at the back of the grid. They probably wanted both drivers at the front to get as much points as possible, but now he's going to have to fight back from 13. Yeah, and I think one positive thing that I found from that as well, I had to do a bit of digging, was that in 2012 when Perez got a podium in the Sauber, he started from 15th. So if he starts from 13th, there is a potential for him, especially with a strong race car to come up, but he just did not seem very comfortable at all in qualifying. And um, yeah, like, as you said, just found the wall and the front wing kind of dug into that tech pro barrier and he couldn't even reverse out because I think we had a couple of cars go off uh, earlier in Q2. I think it was Sainz and Albon who were able to find reverse and get out of there, but it wasn't the case for Perez. But, um, you know, we generally see the best of Checo on a Sunday anyway. So I feel like in that Red Bull, he could really put on a show from there and um, fight back to get into the points. But like you said, given the fact that Leclerc starting from the back of the grid, really it was uh, a weekend for Red Bull to go for the jugular in terms of the constructors and also for for Perez as well, now that he's P2 in the championship, to pull out a bit of a gap on Leclerc so that uh, George Russell can kind of put pressure on him as well um, if Russell continues his excellent run of top five finishes. But yeah, I, I feel like we'll see some good overtakes from Perez tomorrow. Yeah, he'd you know if he's if if you're gonna rely on anyone like to you know look after their tires and make it to the end of the race and do a good strategy, then it's it's certainly going to be Sergio Perez. Uh, Philip P14 Lando Norris. Not really much you can say about Norris. He scraped through in Q1 um, and then had a PU um, issue in in Q2, which meant he couldn't really set much of a flying lap. And yeah, P14 is is definitely going to be a difficult race for him tomorrow. He's had his moments this year and definitely been above uh, Ricardo at plenty of times. And the fact is, I guess the tides have turned a little bit here um, temporarily for Orlando. Um, you know, I think there might be a little bit of hesitation in the rain that might have uh, played a role in it too. Maybe he wasn't as confident in what he had in the car. Uh, we're, we're talking about a guy that was about to go and win the pole at Spa uh, a few months ago, and he binned it coming out of Eau Rouge. So if you're talking about one of the biggest corners there is in Formula One and trying to go and recover from that, who knows? But in regards to McLaren's situation, they're, they're, they're looking at Alpine. And, you know, I was talking about Ocon, you know, just trying to kind of hold fort. Well, Lando Norris's job is to get himself in position to uh, produce something 
produce some sort of result. And that's where I guess the real interesting battle is going to happen on the second half of the top 10 and these guys that are going to be trying to rise up uh, at the start of the race relative to whatever um, tire choices they make and whatnot. And who knows? Lando Norris has been known to make good overtakes. He's an aggressive guy. Maybe he makes something of the race tomorrow. Um, if if not, then uh, it'll be an unfortunate performance. But you can't. I don't know why my phone went off. That's great. It just does that randomly. Um, that's cute. Um, but yeah, Lando. If he can go out there and do what he's capable of, points are on the table, even from the position he's in right now. But you never know. It's Canada. <laughs> First time in a few years. Uh, the last time he was there, didn't go out. It go so well for him. Uh, qualifying hasn't gone well. So at some point, it has to turn. So let's see what uh what what happens tomorrow in the race? Mm, it sounded like Siri was trying to put a forward her opinion on the on the Norris there, um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. It's gonna it's gonna be a tough race uh, for Lando to um, tomorrow. It's yeah, not a, <laughs> it is an easy try to overtake, but maybe that McLaren isn't the best at the moment. Uh, Tom. P15, Charles Leclerc, but he's not, re- he's not really P15 for Charles Leclerc. He only set a lap time purely to get, you know, the 107% rule to, to actually qualify for the race. Um, he'll be starting at the back of the grid. Where do you, where do you see Charles, um, you know, coming tomorrow? You know, he is in a competitive car. We do know that Ferrari's quick and we know that Charles Leclerc's a great driver. It's a track that he can overtake. How far do you reckon he'll be able to get? I'd be disappointed and or surprised if he wasn't back on the podium. Realistically speaking, he should be able to dispatch the majority of those midfield cars fairly quickly. Um, I think where he may get unstuck is when he comes across Perez, although I would also expect Perez to do the same because they're both, they're in the two best cars on the grid and a driver of Leclerc's caliber should not have that much of an issue getting past people on a circuit like Montreal. Um, you know, it's a, you know I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's going to do a full Hamilton Brazil 2021, um, you know, because we, you know, we all know how just incredible that was. But I would expect him to, uh, sorry, when I say him, I mean Leclerc now, I would expect Leclerc to be able to move through the field with, with a degree of ease. Um, he will probably meet resistance from the likes of George Russell, um, Hamilton as well. I would imagine will put up a decent fight, um, but I I think he will in time, you know, over over the race dis- dispatch those two. Strategy is obviously going to play a part in it. Um, you know, we know what Ferrari and strategy are like. Not exactly a love story like Twilight, um, but um, but you know, but you know they'll. They'll, you know, I wonder if they might go a bit aggressive, you know, sort of get it, get him through the field, build a bit of a buffer, get rid of a set of tires that they need, then stick him on another set. Um, it's it, it, also if we're going to have interchangeable weather tomorrow, or rather, well, I should rather say changeable weather conditions tomorrow, um, then there's really a possibility that you know there could be something that happens. Um, you know, um, I don't know. We will see, but. You know, to, to sort of reiterate and round out, round out what I've been waffling about, um, I would expect and almost anticipate Leclerc moving through the field back up towards the podium places. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what we come to expect from Charles Leclerc. But uh, let's just hope he doesn't reiterate his Monaco performance trying to come from the back of the grid and uh, <laughs> maybe cause a bit of chaos. Uh, so, um, P, uh, well... P16, Pierre Gasly, from the highs of Baku to the lows of Canada, that Alpha Tauri really is one inconsistent car. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like Alpha Tauri would definitely be disappointed. You know, when the, you know, the conditions were as they were, there, you'd hope that, you know, you'd have a great chance of getting out of um, Q1. 
but uh, just wasn't to be for well either of the Alphataris today. But Gasly probably would be very disappointed. Yeah, there's always going to be winners and losers in that situation, and unfortunately for Pierre, that was the case, and also the driver that um, qualified behind him as well. I really don't see from where they are that they have the race pace to pull some points out of the bag. They will have to hope for some attrition ahead of them and maybe some safety car madness to to move forward. But um, I think that's it, you know, for for them. Like, you know, it's kind of funny talking about Pierre earlier on saying that, you know, he's staying on at AlphaTauri for another season. You know, let's celebrate that news with um, a pretty disappointing team and driver performance in qualifying. But, yeah, hopefully they make up some positions in the race. I don't think they'll score points um, either of those AlphaTauri cars. But, um, yeah, they're just going to have to move on from this one and look forward to Silverstone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it may be uh, one to forget concerning. We'll also we'll touch on Yuki Tsunoda later, but he will be uh, starting the back of the grid regardless of where you really qualify today. Um, Philip, the well, the de facto home race for pretty much for Aston Martin. They may be a British team under a British license, but they are effectively owned by the Canadian mafia. And P16 for Sebastian Vettel, who was very angry over the radio with his performance. I think he was. A, Bitterly disappointed. And then Lance Stroll in his home race, uh, putting it 17th. It, uh, it's definitely not going to be a, a, a... Well, you never know what could happen with Aston Martin, but realistically, I don't see them shifting from the back of the grid tomorrow. Yeah, you get yourself buried in that spot. I mean, Vettel had pace yesterday, Louis. Um, I mean, even Lance had pace. That tells you, you know, like, I guess you have to... An eight, an eight, the squirrel has to find a nut once in a while. I've said that multiple times on this show, so I'm just going to go with that again with Lance. But, you know, uh, I Vettel is a great rain driver too. So the fact is if you gave him anything, if you gave him anything of value, not only does he get in a Q2, you give yourself a chance. You look at what happened in Q3 I mean, that's just crazy. It's unfortunate um, for for him. Um, I mean, their, their, their setup went down the pipeline like he has on his helmet um, because it was just a disaster today for Aston Martin. Um, Stroll F1, they've drove it right into the ground, and God bless them, they both figured out a way to fall out of Q1. And Q1, and um, you're taking a four-time world champion with you. Um, if they can, I don't know what they're going to do tomorrow. But uh, fundamentally, if I'm, yeah, I know, I would say if I'm Vettel, I'm like this. This is nonsense. We had great pace in the dry. Theoretically, it's going to be a dry race. It's, overtaking is going to be there, but you've also got Leclerc behind you. You got Perez ahead of you. The math doesn't really work. I don't care what strat you have, and they're not known for having great strategy for their history. So um, in regards to Vettel, you know, move up into the top half of the bottom half of the grid, and then Stroll probably crashes into something or someone because that's what he's good at. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, well put. And Stroll won't be the only Canadian in the back. Tom, uh, he is joined by his, uh, you know, his uh, fellow Canadian, um, who is actually, I believe, he is actually from Montreal. So true home race for uh, for Nicholas Latifi, um, but he will start P eighteen uh, tomorrow. Um, despite qualifying 19th, which is, tends to be a, quite a familiar position for him. I mean, where do we go from here? When your teammate's like knocking on the door at Q3, it's like, mate, come on. Just don't be... Oh, just try not to be terrible. Um, it, it seems like he's gone backwards, man, honestly. Like, Kat, can you stop it, like? 
Sorry, she's oh, she's just killed a fly. Good girl. Um, yeah, no, um, yeah, the, the chief, yeah, just, um, yeah, it's just, I, I've, I'm running out of things. Well, no, I've already run out of things to say, which usually means you're going to have a Tom rant in a minute. Um, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's just, oh, God, he's just, he's just a pleb, honestly. He's just, you know, he's just there. And we know why he's there. And with the, you know, with like news around Oscar Piastri swirling and all the rest of it, um, he must be looking over his shoulder. I don't think he'll go before the end of the season. I think he's going to see his contract out because I, because I, I, I do think, um, you know, you know I, I, I do think, uh, you know, Williams want to try and help him. But, you know, when Alban scored, scored points twice and you've got the grand, so, you know, the grand, some Diddleian squat. You know, you know, you know. It's just you know. I know the car's not great, but it can't be that bad. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe he needs to put down the Lavazza coffee and have an espresso or something. Um, but yeah, he's just. Uh, or maybe talk to Bottas about espresso on the grid. Um, but no, he's just. Uh, yeah, he's just. <coughs> you're a cycle, honestly. I'm so sorry, my cat. I, I think it's the heat. Um, you know, yeah, he's just... He hasn't qualified higher than, I think, P16 all season. Um, or maybe even P17. And it's just like... Um, you know, it's just... Uh, yeah, it's just... It, it can't go on for much longer. He's a nice guy, if you don't get me wrong. And, you know, he seems to get on well with his engineers and, uh, and, um, and, and all the rest of it. But... Being a nice guy doesn't bring race results, which doesn't bring points, which doesn't bring constructive positions, which doesn't bring money, which doesn't bring success or happiness to anybody. I mean, yeah, you know, he he is he is on the F1 grid, and and you know, there are so many people who would kill to be in that position, and and only a finite amount of people are worthy, or a very small selection of people are worthy of that position. I honestly don't feel that the TFI is one of those anymore. Um, when he started in 2020, I thought, you know, okay, he's new. You know, it's a big step, big step from F2. The thing is, he was never anything special in F2. So, you know, he was there for five seasons or so. He came second in 2019. That's because all the other competitions buggered off because they'd all won before they'd already come through. So, you know, and it's not like he's 22. He's he's the same age. I think he's born the same year as me, 1994. So he's he's 27, pushing 28. You know, he's 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 not young. I mean, okay, yeah, he's better than Mazepin, but you know, I mean, you know, anybody's low Mazepin. competition, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. But but you know, you know, it's just I think I think with Latifi, you know, obviously we saw him get a couple of points last year. He seemed to do okay last year uh, at times, but he was also. But I think also his performances were maybe somewhat covered by. The performances of um, of all the lack of performance by Mazepin, etc. Last year, so I think now, now that the spot, I'm sure I've said this before, but now the spotlight is firmly on him and Stroll as the ones who have somewhat something to prove, especially given they've been in F1 for multiple years. His days are numbered. His time is up. He needs to go. Um, I'm not saying boot him out before the end of the season because the, the team needs stability. Even if, even if that stability is an absolute can't say that um driver um see i'm getting better um you know he um you know so uh yeah he you know but um but yes you know he's he's going to be out by next year um oh god imagine if he went to mclaren to replace danny rick because he does a shareholder there um no um yeah no that's 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 sure as hell not gonna happen yeah no uh yeah but going back to tomorrow yeah yeah he's going to exist um and then he'll he'll go back to his hotel or he'll go back to his parents or something. I don't know. He'll be there. We're not going to notice. It, it's not going to be worth noticing because he's not going to do anything special. <laughs> uh, don't uh, when you mention McLaren, like don't fill McLaren fans' heads full of nightmares to think that the TV may go there. <laughs> just we hope that Zach Brown may have a bit higher standards when he comes to his his hiring. Um, but we'll move on to the very final driver, John, uh, Yuki Tsunoda. 
qualified last, will start last. Um, he has, I uh, believe, a whole new, well, I don't know how many new engine parts now uh, put into the back of his car. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was going to start at the back anyway, so this qualifying really doesn't really <laughs> mean all that much. <clears throat> no, not at all. And I think it's a complete power unit change and reading that he's had, plus an extra exhaust component as well. Not that I knew that they were counting exhaust components now but apparently they've got an allocation this season um forget i forget as well that yuki is a montreal rookie so like the fact that we haven't had a canadian grand prix for two years means that um drivers have come and gone without having raced at certain circuits um like we were drivers we were talking about earlier but um yeah you know what can you do when you know that you're already doomed to start at the back of the grid as I said, with Gasly, I feel like it's going to be very difficult for Alpha Tower to score points. So just basically for someone like Yuki in particular, stay out of trouble. Please don't um, damage the car or that new power unit that they've taken on and just look forward to the next race at Silverstone, which hopefully they do a bit better at. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's just one he's going to probably aim to <laughs> finish head of Latifi, which uh, hopefully shouldn't be too difficult for, for young Yuki tomorrow. Um, however, <laughs> we've seen, um, we've seen some questionable driving from Yuki in the past. So we've only got through all, all 20 drivers. It's now time for the, the beloved predictions. Um, and yeah, I think we should also <laughs> like, just sort of put a bit of a caveat that we don't quite know what the conditions are going to be tomorrow. They are supposedly meant to be dry, but we've seen some absolute thunderstorms happening in Canada. We don't know. Uh, we can have a bank on the weatherman. But uh, Tom, we'll start with you um, and we'll, well, we'll have your podium. Uh, who do you think is going to st- uh, be on the, on the podium for tomorrow? Uh, Max... Signs. No, I'm going to change that. Max, Declare, Alonso. Oh, fair enough. And Jared? Uh, let's go, Max, Signs, and Alonso. Okay, two for two for uh, Fernando. And Philip? Yeah, Max wins. Uh, Carlos finishes second, and I'll say uh, Lewis Hamilton finishes third at one of his best racetracks. Uh, so that might be my wild card thing. I might have already jumped the shark on that, but that's what I pick. Uh, I'm sure we could probably come up with some bold predictions to the uh, uh, Ben Hamilton. Uh, personally, I'm going to go. I'm not going to break the uh, break this cycle here, and I'm just going to say Max is Max to win the race. Um, I'm going to go P2 Carlos Sainz, and then I'm going to go P3 of Sergio Perez. I think uh, he may he may come up through the field and get himself on the podium. Uh, and now it's time for the bold predictions, uh, Philip. If you want to stick with your current one, go for it. But otherwise, you feel free to change it. Um, Tom, your bold prediction for tomorrow. Uh, both Canadians keep it out the wall and don't collide with each other. That is uh, bold. Uh, I'm, de- I'm dead serious. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> which one's um, the first one in the world of champions? <laughs> we we need another one at turn five called Wall of Canadians, and then that'll, that'll just be that'll just be for those two. Moving on. It's the wall that ended Olivier Panis's career, so you might as well make it the wall of Canadians and French Canadians and whatever. Joe, your your bold prediction. Yeah, uh, I was going to um, say a double Canadian DNF would be my bold prediction. It's a bit too safe. <laughs> Is that bold? <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to get one sometime. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not gonna go with the with the Lewis on the. I already did the Lewis on the podium, so I'm just gonna go safe the way that George used to do with talking about George Russell getting points. Well, I'm gonna go really bold, even though he's in the top ten. Mick Schumacher is gonna score points. Yeah. Tomorrow. So that's, 
That's, that, what, that's what I get. I'm doing it for Hass. <laughs> I'm doing it for Hass as an American. Hass. Uh, we finally get Mick at some point, so then people get off his back at least for a week or two, and then it'll go back to the regular scheduling program at Silverstone. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, going north, uh, north of the border, and it's still some points for the American team. Um, I see. I have I have my standard ball prediction of Nicholas Latifi for points, and I'm going to back it. It's his home race. It's his home race. He's got to. He's got to do it. He's got to do it. It's got to. It's a very bold. It's, Louis, you can really tell you've been. Is he driving the FW14? Is he driving the FW14 or FW15? <laughs> He's have to try he can run the around time, the track and he'll get ten, he'll get he'll get a few points. <laughs> well, if this is to be his last race, then there's uh, you know that's good purpose for him to go out with some points. So I'm I'm ho- yeah, he jump. could go out in the first corner and just go and bin it and call it a day and just walk back back to his house and just really really go out and with a bang. You know, jump start. You know, go out and you know, go for it. Yeah. Do, just do something most people would do on the F one game. <laughs> just absolutely send it into turn two. <laughs> yeah, just, just <laughs> you the pets. Yeah, just just like straight over the grass. Just like, yeah, what do you mean? Just... I haven't got the corner cutting. Eat it. On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go and eat it, and so you're not like uh, TM at Marduk. Yeah, let's go and do it. Yeah, I've got faith in the. Uh, yeah, well, I would say I was about to say young Canadian, but <laughs> he's, he's not as young as most of the, uh, the drivers on the grid. Anyway, uh, so that is uh, that is all from us uh, today. If you are listening to the show uh, live, thank you for uh, thank you for currently joining us. Um, we do lo- live stream all of our shows on YouTube, so if you are listening to this afterwards, make sure to go to our YouTube channel, hit like and subscribe, and then also turn bell notifications on so you get uploaded. Uh, notif- notified every time we upload and every time that we go live you can join and listen to this um, podcast being recorded early and also ask us questions in the post show and we're also available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Omni Studio and Verbal as well as the F1 website just search for the F1 podcast and you can also check out the write-up for this session on the F1 Chronicle website as well um, as previously mentioned at the start of the show, if you do give us a five-star review on iTunes, we'll give you a shout-out on our next show, and you'll automatically be put into our prize pool uh, to win a bit of uh, F1, F1 Grid Talk merch. So, um, you know, go for it, and uh, any um, any feedback and any ratings are always um, mostly appreciated. Um, we have a huge back catalogue of shows, so if you're stuck for something to listen to between now, it's a late race for the UK viewers, so if you want to uh, get into um, podcasting before the race, um, we have over 200 shows that you can listen to. Um, you know, we've got interviews with people like Mario Zola or documentary-style shows like the ones on Tigate and the 1994 Benetton's Conspiracy. Uh, we also have a Patreon, so if you'd like to support the podcast and help towards better mics, lights, and recording equipment for all our hosts, uh, any support is greatly appreciated. And you can also get yourself some official F1 merch at the f1chronicle.com slash store, so check it out. I always forget to bring my mug. I always have, <laughs> I have my mug that I just never seem to show off. Um, so we'll go around the, um, my guess and let and just let our viewers know um, where we can find more from you. So Tom... Where can our listeners find more from you? Um, so, if you want, so if you want to listen or see anything to do with everything F1, which is uh, the uh, team I'm a part of, you can find us at everythingf1.com. And we have our Everything F1 podcast, which is on all the aforementioned podcasting platforms. Uh, usually goes out on a Wednesday or sometimes a Thursday, depending on editing, recording, etc. We have a good back catalogue, a plethora of good guests. Um, with regards to socials, we are on all your major social media platforms. So Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, because we have young people. Um, uh, I think that yeah, basically all your favorite social platforms. Um, uh, yes, yeah, the handle will be at join the F1, or if you just search for everything F1, you'll find us. Um, 
if I haven't mentioned our website already, we have a website. If I have mentioned it, I'll mention it again. We have a website, everythingofun.com, where you can find our links to our podcast, race reviews. Um, I've started a series of unpopular opinions. Um, I, you know, I, I've started one on overrated tracks, which I think may ruffle a few feathers in the fun community. So if you want to find me personally, good luck. I'd activate my Facebook, so don't at me. Um, because I think I might need to go into hiding after I publish it. No worries. Uh, Joe, I'd like to find more from you. Yeah, so I host the Hit the Apex podcast on my own, uh, record every week, every second week, depending on uh, double headers and stuff like that. So you'll see me probably on Thursday with a Canadian Grand Prix review and also uh, V8 Supercars here in Australia. They're on this weekend, so I'll be talking about that as well on this week's show. Find me on the Twitter account at Hit the Apex Media. There'll be a link tree as well with all the other relevant links that um, I can be found on. Cool. And Philip? Yeah, you can find me and uh, my co-host Josh Fine on the Gripster podcast, where anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, I'm going to go and upload our latest episode on the audio side here shortly uh the video is on youtube so grip trip podcast on youtube you can go and see the show there you can find me at philip g matthew uh for my uh, takes on motorsports sports and whatever else is on my mind there um at philip is another place where you can find the show um one of these days i'm gonna get back to writing a little bit and um post some things there, but um, be on the lookout for Tom and I's uh, side project. That's going to be hilarious because if this was any indication, um, considering the condition I'm in right now, I think our actual collaboration could be one of the greatest things that's ever happened in the history of the world. It will break social media or whatever algorithm you want to think about it. It, it, it's going to be huge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's probably going to break F1, F1 Twitter. <laughs> At least I'm... I'm one bring it on. Bring it on. on. I'm feeling <laughs> looking forward to it, mate. No, I actually can't wait for that. Um, and then, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I, to be honest, you can't find me anywhere else on, on F1 because I literally just host this. So if you want to if you want to hear more from me, then you can follow me on Twitter, which is at L underscore G underscore Edwards on Twitter. If you want to hear my my own views about F1. Um, but that is all from us today. I do want to thank my guests for joining me. We'll be back with the race review at 10 p.m. British Summer Time tomorrow. But until then, stay safe and goodbye.